Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Professor Dershowitz. Uh, just how many year, how many decades at Harvard Law again, Professor Dershowitz? Too many. Fifty years. <laughs> 10, Fifty years. Students. Half a century. Yeah. So, Alan, hey, we got uh, another Harvard. We got another Harvard person. Well, that's Supreme what we want to talk to you about, yeah. Alan. There you what go. do you yeah. think? We have a, a new nominee for the Supreme Court of the United States. What do you think? I think she's terrific. I don't like the process by which she was selected. I don't like the fact that the president campaigned to exclude everybody but black women. I think he picked the right person. Uh, she adds diversity to the court. Why does she add diversity to the court? Because she's a public defender. And uh, there have been no public defenders on the court for many, many years. And, you know, President Biden is the first president ever to have been a public defender. So we're getting diversity now, public defenders. We don't have diversity in terms of law schools. I think we now have, I don't remember, is it five from Yale, three, something like four from Yale, three or four from Harvard, one, one from Notre Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Congressman King. (laughs) Notre Dame's a great school. She's young, though. She's only 51. I, I know. And if she uh, serves as long as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, she'll be on the court for, uh, you know, 35 years. Or Alan, more. I, I looked at her resume when she yeah. when this first started being talked about as one of the three finalists. She has an impeccable resume. Let me tell you what my concern is. And I don't know yeah. uh, the judge at all. My concern is that she's now a predictable vote for a particular ideology and point of view. What do you think? I think that's absolutely correct, and I think that any justice who's going to be picked from now on is going to be a predictable vote. Uh, the days of putting Cardoza on the court uh, when, J- when, when uh, Herbert Hoover was president, only because he was the greatest judge in the United States, those days are over. The Supreme Court has become a predictable partisan institution. You want to know something? I argued 350 appeals in my life, or something like that. I never wanted to argue in the Supreme Court. I did. Of course, I argued in the Supreme Court. I never wanted to. Why? Because it didn't make a difference. I want to make a difference. If I argue in the Court of Appeals or the District Court, I can actually influence the outcome of the case. But when I argue in the Supreme Court, I've already counted noses. I know who's voting for me. I know who's voting against me. Occasionally, very rarely, in an unimportant case, you can persuade somebody to change their point of view. But if you're arguing abortion, you're arguing gay rights, you're not going to change anybody's point of view. They come onto the court with a point of view. You can predict that three of them on the left will always vote in that regard, and uh, three or four on the right will always vote that way. And really, you're arguing mostly to Chief Justice Roberts, uh, and sometimes to Kavanaugh, but rarely to uh, anybody else. So it's that's a scary. That the Supreme Professor, Court has become predictable. Yeah, Professor, that is scary because I've said that a lot of our federal agencies and uh, have become politicized. And if our Supreme Court becomes politicized, then my God, what 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 do we have our in for? It's already politicized. Well, well, but it's become more – see, it's always been political, but it's never been as partisan as Correct. this. Well, that's what and I mean by politicized. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, where it started. Did it start with the rejection of Bork uh, or did it start with Bush versus Gore 
where you have five Republicans voting for uh, to stop the count and four Democrats voting to continue the count, wherever it started in the last several years, uh, and, and blames on both sides, when the Republicans refused to give Merrick Garland a hearing because it was eight months before the election, and then immediately rushed through Barrett, even though it was only one month before the election, it became clear that uh, these are political footballs that are being thrown around, and uh, hypocrisy is the name of the game. And, you know, somebody once said that hypocrisy is the homage that vice pays to virtue. Not anymore. Today, you don't even have to pay homage. You just say, we have the votes, so we're going to not let so-and-so go through, and we have the votes, and we're going to let so-and-so go through. Consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds is the mantra in Washington now. And so people don't have to be consistent. But putting that aside, she seems like uh, very highly qualified. Not only did she clerk for um, uh, Steve Breyer, but she also worked for a great law firm in Washington called Miller, LaRocca and Lewin, Nathan Lewin's law firm. Lewin, right. Great, great. Yeah, great law firm uh, that uh, also Barrett worked for, interestingly enough. And, uh, and and David Cohn, who's now deputy director of the CIA, worked for them. So they're a great, great law firm. And, uh, you know, she she's had a, just a stellar career. The public defender in Washington, D.C. is the best public defender office in the country. And uh, it's run by terrific people. And she'll get a little flack for that when she's before the committee, because, you know, she probably did bring about the acquittal of some guilty people. That's our job. And people don't like that. Imagine a country in which that uh, didn't happen, in which you didn't get vigorous defense attorney. So, you know, I think she's going to make it. It's going to be a close vote because it's going to be partisan. But I think that the two women Republicans who voted uh, for her when she was up last time will continue to vote for her. So I think it'll be probably 52 to 48. Alan, do you really... uh... Think it's going to go that far? I think a really terrific move for the Senate Republicans right now. So just let it go. Of course, Th- that would be terrific. I agree with you. By the way, the interesting hypothetical, we, but it's only a hypothetical, is what if it were a fifty-fifty vote? Could the vice president break that vote? Alexander Hamilton said no. Alexander Hamilton said wow. the vice president only gets to cast the deciding vote on legislation. Because if you let the vice president cast the deciding vote on nominations, then the executive has too much power. The executive nominates. That's, and the, well, that's fascinating. Well, Alan, Alan, we, one have, thing, we have to go Alan, through a break we know, right now. Alan, yeah. one thing we know is that in advising consent, they said no. Yeah, yeah, wow. all right. Well, we got a, a hard break. Alan Dershowitz, have a great weekend. Uh, my pleasure. And Thank we'll you. talk you again too. next week. And uh, let's Thanks. go to a hard break. And when we come back, we have Dr. Peter Michalow. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 